morning, everybody. How y'all feeling today? Everybody excited today? Hey, will you do me? I know we've already congratulated, but one more time for all of our friends that just got baptized. Man, we are so pumped for you. I am so excited for you and, and the, the journey that's ahead. I had the honor of baptizing my oldest son. He's eight years old in our first service today. And, and I really believe that today is a, a new day for you. And it's a, it's a line in the sand moment. You know, we sang that song a few minutes ago. You know, I'm moving forward, no looking back. I really believe that for you. And so from my heart, our, from our staff, our team, our elders, I want you to know we're praying for you in this next season. This is going to be a great, great season for you. Hey, would you do me a big favor? Give a shout out to all of our friends watching around the world online today. Hey, welcome home. Thank you for tuning in today. I really believe that God is going to bless you. Hey, and if you're a guest with us and I haven't met you, my name's Josh. I just want to say welcome to church today. Thank you so much, Althea. I got my cheerleader right here on the front row. Uh, we really believe that, um, that we're in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing. And so if you're a guest with us, maybe somebody invited you today, hey, make yourself at home. We are so excited you're here. You know, typically we teach in a series format, and so we'll start a new series here in two weeks. Next week, you're going to want to be here. My friend Hal Hardy, he's one of our, uh, one of our board members. He's going to be ministering next Sunday from Atlanta, Georgia. But today I want to share some things out of my heart that I've been praying about, that I've been talking to the Lord about, and I believe that... Um, if you'll tune in with me just for a few minutes, God's going to speak to you. Do you believe that? I want to read you a story that I came across as I was studying this week, and it'll set up the message today. It says, one day as a small child, Thomas Edison came home from school, and he gave a paper to his mother. He said to her, Mom, my teacher gave me this paper and told me today that you're the only one to read it. What does it say? eyes welled up with tears as she read the letter out loud to her child. Your son is a genius. The school is too small for him. He doesn't have good enough teachers to train him. Please teach him yourself. Many years after Edison's mother died, he became one of the greatest inventors of the century. One day he was going through the closet and he found the folded letter from the old teacher that had written his mother on that very special day and he opened it. And the message on the letter was written, your son is mentally deficient. We cannot let him attend school anymore. Today will be his final day. Edison became emotional reading it. And then he pulled out his diary and he began to write, Thomas Edison was a mentally deficient child whose mother turned him in to the genius of the century. Would you bow your heads? Father, we thank you for your word today. Lord, I pray that no label or no word by any other person can control us or limit us. Lord, I pray today that each and every person in this room, those watching online today and those that will listen or watch this later online, that you would speak to them through this message that they are special, that there's a call of God on their life, and you have a purpose and a destiny for them. And whatever labels have been put on them, whatever words have been spoken over them, we renounce those words this morning in the name of Jesus. Lord, we recognize you as Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, and all of mankind, 
Today we gather together to worship you. We gather together to celebrate what you've done in our lives. Lord, I pray that you would use me as a mouthpiece to those hearing this today. That they would come into a relationship with you. That they would know their total worth. That they would know their true value. And they would know their true identity in Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for boldness to speak these words as you place them in my heart this week. All the stories, all the scriptures, all the illustrations. In Jesus' name, everybody said. I want to talk about identity for just a few minutes. These are some things I've been praying and the Lord's been reminding me, even as your pastor, that I, that I have an identity in him. And I want to ask you at the very beginning of this message, who are you? Who are you? How, how would you define yourself? If somebody was to say, hey, who are you? Tell me about yourself. What words would you use to define yourself? Would you say, oh, I'm a man or I'm a woman or I'm a mom, I'm a teacher. Maybe it'd be your vocation. Hey, I'm a carpenter, I'm a musician. I'm a doctor, I'm a counselor. What words would you use today to identify yourself? For some of us, we're from different nations. We would say, I'm from this nation. You know, for me, when I think about this, and I've asked myself this question many times during the week as I was preparing, how would I answer? And someone would say, tell me about yourself. I'd probably say, hey, I'm just an average white guy, middle-aged with three kids who pastors an amazing church with a bunch of rowdy folks. That's probably how I would identify myself. For some of you, you may identify first and foremost as a mom, a dad. Maybe you would use your ethnicity or where you're from. Maybe you're a Nigerian or maybe you're from Kenya. Where's all my Kenyans today? They're the rowdiest group of the brunch, by the way, if you haven't figured that out. And the truth is, is we would label ourselves based on natural things that we find ourselves in in society based on how we were raised or how other people identified us. And as I was preparing this message, I began to think about how there's such a difference between the world or those that don't know Christ and those of us that do know Christ. And I started to put in my notes about, you know, we identify ourselves and, and the world tries to label us sometimes. But you know, the truth is, is we as Christians, we try to label the world many times as well. We don't like being labeled. You've never liked being labeled. I was standing in the kitchen the other night, and my kids, I have an 8-year-old, a 4-year-old, and a 2-year-old, and they, they're in this bickering mode right now. Any, any moms or dads understand what I'm talking about? And one of them started yelling, he called me stupid. He, hey, dad, come in here. He needs a correction. That's what we call it. He needs a correction. He called me stupid. Hey, we're not allowed to say stupid. We don't say stupid in our house. And so if you mention the word stupid in our house, three little alarms go off, an eight-year-old, a four-year-old, and two-year-old alarm go off. We don't say that in this house because we recognize and we believe that words are powerful and that they do change people's trajectories in life. And so they were arguing about, don't call me this, don't call me that. And we do it all the time. When you're talking about somebody that's at work, you label them, you, you name them, you use some kind of words to describe them. And the truth is, is most of the times when we're labeled or we label others, it's not necessarily the best thing. It's more of a derogatory term. It's the world we live in. We judge each other based on appearances. We base each other dressed on where we've been, what we've done, what we know about you, what you didn't tell everybody. We judge people based on how much money they have or how much money they don't have, the kind of car they drive or the Uber they take to church. I'm grateful for all the people that Uber to church, by the way. 
You don't have to have a car to come to church. You don't have to have a car to come to God. You don't have to have a job to come to God. He, he loves us as we are. And the great thing is, is no matter what label anybody puts on you, you can overcome that label in Christ Jesus. I was thinking about this today as social media is so rampant with our society and we find so many people dealing with anxiety and fear and, 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 and even mental health challenges in the season based on the labels that we've allowed to be put on us. And I just want to tell you, you are the, you are the total creation that God had intended before you were born. No more, no less, and no man, no woman, no person can put a label on you and keep you from your destiny. If you find your identity, everybody say identity. If you identify with a life found in Christ. The truth is, is every one of us have a battle waging in our life, including me. There is a enemy or the devil, Satan, whatever you want to call him, if you're old school, Beelzebub. We have all kinds of names for the enemy, and, and then and, and he wants to, and his goal is to keep you from discovering your true identity. And maybe some of you are here and you're wrestling with identity issues. I'm not talking about sexual identity today. I'm talking about spiritual identity. Do you identify as Christ sees you, or do you identify by how you were raised and what labels other people have put on you? And today I want to give you the opportunity to identify for yourself that you are God's creation, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. For many people, they're wandering in the world, wondering why there's so much tension in their life and they're pulled this way to be that or they have this admiration to be like so-and-so or they look up to this person or they've been put down or labeled or diminished by somebody else. And the truth is, I want to tell you at the beginning of the message, there is a battle waging for your identity. And the enemy would love nothing more than to keep you from discovering who you really were created to be. You are a spirit. Everybody say, I am a spirit. You are a spirit being first. You have a soul. Touch your head. That's your mind. Touch your heart. That's your, that's your emotions. And then pinch yourself real hard. Get a little piece of that fat right there and say, oh, I live in this nasty body. If you've been in IFC very long, you know we believe this. This is what the Bible says. And we believe the Bible to be true, that we are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. And the truth is, is I want to encourage you today that we identify first with our spirit above our emotions and beside our flesh. You are a spirit. Say it out loud. I am a spirit, am a spirit. Created, created in the image of God. If you take nothing else from this message today and you leave with that, put it on a sticky note and put it on the dashboard of your car, put it in your wallet, put a little note on your phone, remind yourself this week when your flesh tries to talk to you or your mind or your emotions try to talk to you and they try to identify who they want you to be, you can say, hey, 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 hold on, you're third and second in line. I am first a spirit created and recreated in Christ Jesus. That's where I identify first. The enemy wants to lie and convince you that you are something that you're not. So that you will never achieve God's plan for your life. John 10, 10. I like this out of the new NIV or the NIV. It says the thief. Everybody say the thief. He comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I, Jesus, have come that they may have life and that they may have it to the fullest. I want you to hear me say this. There is an enemy. There is a thief. And he's coming for you. 
He's, 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 the Bible says he goes around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Where does he start? He starts in our thoughts and then he wants you to speak your thoughts because your thoughts become words and then your words become actions. And here's the thing. If he can control your thought life and confuse you about who you really are, you'll say something different than what God said and you'll begin to walk a different path than what God had destined for you. It's a battle for your mind. I don't know if you've ever listened to Joyce Myers, but she's got a great book called Battlefield of the Mind. And if you're dealing with that struggle in your mind, you're hearing thoughts and you're thinking thoughts that aren't lined up with God's word, it may be a great resource for you. But I said all that to say, there is an enemy, and then there's the inner me. And on a daily basis, we fight both of them to find out who we are. The thief comes for only one reason, to steal from you. Steal your destiny, steal your purpose, steal God's plan for your life, and he does it through getting you to identify with him more than he does with Christ, and ultimately, he wants to kill and destroy you, but the good news, everybody said, oh, there's good news. I don't know about you, but I, I heard that the gospel was called good news. When, when I was introduced to Jesus as a little boy, they always talked about the good news. I have a Bible at home. It's a, it's, a, it's a different Bible. It's called the Good News Translation, but that's the truth. All of our Bibles are the Good News Translation because when you read it, you find out that that dumb enemy that's lying to you, he was already defeated by Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. And today we celebrated with all those that got baptized because by signification today, by going under the water, you're saying, I'm dead with Christ. I'm brand new with Christ. Old things are passed away. When you come up, all things have become new. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Some of you go home today and say, I don't feel saved. I didn't feel saved at 2 o'clock in the morning. When my son crawled in my bed, it started kicking me in the back. You ever wanted to punch a two-year-old? I did this morning. I, what are you doing? I got to do three services tomorrow. We got baptism. I got the visit. My mind was going, the enemy's trying to steal my joy for what was going to happen today. And I'll tell you this. He's around all the time. But Jesus, he came that you might have a life. Some of you need to elbow your neighbor and say, get a life, man. Some of us, we just need to get a life, man. And, and the truth is, it's not your own life, but a life that's identified in him. I love this. My God is a God of more than enough. He said, I didn't just come to give you life. I came to give you life on an abundant level. What does abundance look like? It means I got more than enough. I got more than what I need. Man, when we live in abundance and we walk out this identity in Christ, guess what? All your needs are met and you got more enough to help those around you. It means you got more joy than you can handle. And people around you say, what's wrong with you? Why are you always smiling? Well, I, I received the abundant life. I received the joy overflow. What, what, where'd you get that, man? Don't you know what's going on in the economy? Don't you know what's going on in society? Don't you know? Don't you know? I don't, I don't really need to know anything. All I know is that Jesus came that I might have life and have it more abundantly. And I want you to hear this today. If you're not living in that abundant life, there's more to be had in Christ Jesus. Open up the book and find out what he's got to say for your life. So let's talk for a few minutes. Can we talk? Let's talk for a few minutes about identity, about how to cultivate an identity, because identity has to be cultivated, has to be discovered, has to be uncovered, and then it has to be accepted. And here's the thing you need to know about your identity is you got to get around the right people. 
You are the sum total of the five people you hang out with the most. You are the sum total of the five closest relationships in your life. I want to tell you this. You've got to be selective with your friends. You've got to be selective with those people that you allow to speak into your life or that you allow to rub shoulders with you because whatever's on them rubs off on you. You ever been around somebody that's sad? And you weren't sad? And you're like, man, you're really sad right now. And they're like, well, let me tell you my story about why I'm so sad. And then they take 15 minutes, 20 minutes. By the time of that story, you're like, oh, man, I'm sad too. I'm sad for you. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Who you hang around rubs off on you. You ever get around go-getters? You ever been around people, man, they just up in the morning like springing the step. Let's go. Let's get this day. Let's get her done. And you're like, man, I'm kind of sad. I wish you'd calm down. I wish you'd stop making so much noise I ain't had coffee yet. How many morning people we got? How many non-morning people we got? How many are not a morning person, but you're married to a morning person? That may be the enemy right there trying to start your day. I, I, listen, sometimes, sometimes Steph is up early. She's bouncing around the house. She's cleaning stuff. She's doing the laundry. I'm like, what are you doing? It's 5 a.m. Oh, I'm just ready to go. We got a list of stuff. I said, honey, honey, bring it down. Where's the coffee? But here's the thing. Have you ever been around people that, man, you, you went into a situation with one mindset and left with a different for the better. Who you hang around rubs off on you. And let me say this to you. It's not so much about their actions, but a lot of times it's about their words and how they speak. I'll be honest with you. I don't have time in my life in this season to be around people who are grumpy all the time and constant complainers. I love you. God bless you. I just can't be around you. I I give them the old Heisman, you know. You stay over You stay over there. I, I'm going somewhere. And, and I want to say this to you. Maybe you have a desire to go on with the things of God. And maybe you made a decision today to get baptized. You're going to have to inspect your circle. Inspect your tribe. Inspect the words that are coming out from those people that you admire and hang out with. Because here's the thing. People will hold you back. Y'all remember Peter? He was the crazy guy that got out of the boat. I, I love Peter because he's just nuts. Peter would say things that nobody else would say. But I really believe Peter was responding to God's word. He said, hey, if it's you, tell me to come out of the water. And he said, it is is me, man, the dude. I'm here right now. Get out that boat. And I believe that he had to fight his buddies off to step out of that boat because why was there only one out of a dozen that got out of the boat? The Bible says they were all freaking out saying, shh, don't talk to quiet, man. That's a ghost out there. There's probably some demons out there. What are you doing, Peter? And he's like, you idiots. It's Jesus. Don't you even recognize it? Let me ask you, is the tribe that you run with, would they recognize God's voice if he spoke to them? Would he recognize God's hand on you? And do they recognize that you've been chosen for a purpose that he's identified you? Some of y'all need to shake loose of your friends. Some of y'all are blaming God for the stuff that's going on in your life. It ain't his fault. It's your dumb friends you're hanging out with. 
It's their stinking thinking that's rubbing off on you and keeping. Get around some people that know how to pray. Get around some people that have a love for the word of God. Get, get around some people that know how to worship God. Get, get around some people that know how to hear God's voice for today for themselves. And guess what? When you're in that tribe, you'll find yourself moving forward. I've been transparent with you about my life, and I'll continue to as long as you're my, I'm your pastor. You know, there was a season in my life where I wasn't doing all the right things, and, and I was to blame, but it was on my fault, not the choices that I made, but it was the company that I was keeping. Because when I was around them, the way that they thought was the way I thought, the way that they talked, the places they went, the things they did, I just followed them around like a zombie, like, oh, I guess this is where the cool people hang out. I guess this is, I guess this is what they do. I guess, and, and guess what? I was miserable the whole time asking the Lord, hey, set me free. And he's saying, you have the opportunity to do that anytime. Get around some different people who recognize their identity is in Christ. Proverbs 13, 20 says, the one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. You want to be wise? Get around wise people. You want to be smart? Go around, get around smart people. I'm going to say this to you. There's so much opportunity at this church for you to grow in your faith and to grow in your walk with the Lord, but also to grow in your skills and your gifts and your talents. I was thinking about our small groups. We have uh, 50-something small groups that meet throughout the week. And what is this opportunity for you to grow in Him through relationship with others? During COVID, we were bored, so I thought, hey, I want to I start doing some investing, and, and, and I want to join, I joined an investment group. We have several investment groups here, and I don't know nothing about investing. I like to spend money, not save money. <laughs> and during COVID, don't laugh at me, you were too, you're buying all kinds of nonsense on Amazon you didn't need, man. I mean, there's packages showing up every day, and, and I, I, we realized, man, I don't want to just spend money, I want to invest money. I had to get in a group of people that said, here's how you do it. You know what? That's a natural thing. It's the same thing spiritually. There's people in this room that can help take you to another place in your relationship with God. Find you some smart friends. I grew up in a house where my parents used to say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I believe that statement is true for you and I, even though we're older. Here's the second thing that I want to warn you is be careful of your words. You got to be careful who you hang out with because they will try to change your identity. They will try to tell you something you're not. But then you leave and you begin to speak things over your life that don't belong to you. Be careful that you don't put someone else's words in your mouth and mess your life up. I think about how much self-talk we have. And I believe in self-talk, by the way. How many of y'all talk to yourself? That doesn't make you crazy, by the way. It makes you very intelligent. It's proven. You can do the statistics. People that talk to themselves are way much brighter than those that do not talk to themselves. As long as you're saying the right things. Be careful that you're not talking trash over your own life and cursing the blessing that God has called you to obtain. Proverbs 18.21, I love this verse. It says, death and life. Death and life, they're in the power of your tongue. And those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. My grandmother used to say this all the time because I have three brothers, a sister, and, and we'd be at the house squabbling and, and she'd say, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. 
If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. We say that about other people. Don't say anything ne negative over people because it may, you don't know where they are in their mentality. It may affect them differently. I want to say this to you. Don't say anything negative over your life where what you say is headed your way. I, 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 maybe you're not tracking with me. I, I had somebody recently that I was talking to and they said, well, you know. I said, I, no, I don't know. <laughs> what don't I know? And they said, well, we're all just sinners saved by grace. I said, no, I ain't. No, I ain't no sinner saved by grace. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am a son and an heir to the throne. I'm not a sinner anymore. I don't identify with my sin. That sin life died when Jesus died and I gave my life to him. He took that sin and buried it in hell. And guess what? He came up and gave me the keys to death, hell, and the grave, freed from sin forever. Guess what? I don't identify as a sinner anymore. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I am the righteousness of God. What is righteousness? I'm in right standing. What does that mean? There ain't nothing between me and him. We're right here together. Everywhere I go, he goes. I'm no longer a slave to sin. Well, you know, sin, I just, I, I keep sinning. Stop talking about it. Stop talking about it. Stop talking about your sin consciousness. You want to go to another level in your faith? Nobody? I want to go to another level of my faith and it comes down to the words that I identify with. I don't identify with the past. I identify with the future. I don't identify with what happened to me. I identify with what he did for me. Change your verbs. It's not that hard. It's just a little adjustment in your words day by day. I am a son. I am an heir to the throne. I am an overcomer. I am his beloved. Where they used to call me unloved, he calls me beloved. Where they used to say, you're a nobody, he says, you're now a somebody. Don't allow somebody else's words in your mouth to trip your future up. Let me take it one step further for all my parents. We're a family church. What are you saying over your kids will determine the trajectory of their life? Your kids aren't stupid. Your kids aren't weird. We don't say that word in our house either. We say special. Oh, that guy's weird. What's weird about him? He dresses different than you? That's special. He's unique. He knows who he is. You don't. I, I, I'm done with all the weirdness. I grew up with, where uh, people around me would label people, and I've had to break out. It's taken me 47 years to break out. I don't want to label people with my words. I want to speak life over them. I want to speak blessing over them. I want to speak who they're, I want to speak to their potential, yeah. not their pain, yeah. not their past. Yeah. We got enough people talking negativity over our kids. Every day through social media, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. If you don't wear these clothes, you're not going to be cool enough. If you don't have this, if you don't. And guess what? It's some kid locked in his mom's basement with an iPhone. We're allowing strangers to tell us who we are or who we're not. And it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to reinforce the next generation of who they are and what their destiny should be. How do we turn a generation and start speaking life over them? 
I mean, everybody's talking about, you know, Gen Z, lazy, lazy, lazy. If you're a Gen Zer, just reject that junk. That don't belong to you. Just because you were born in a certain age bracket doesn't mean you're labeled because everybody else is an idiot. Speak life over your kids. My kids are disciples taught of the Lord. Great is their peace and undisturbed is their composure. My kids hear God's voice at an early age, and they will follow him all the days of their life. They're obedient. They honor their father and mother, and with long life, he's going to satisfy them. What is that? I'm just taking the word and applying it first person to my kids. My kids have the mind of Christ. Don't let some teacher tell you your kid's dumb. What do they know? Don't let some doctor tell you a diagnosis. Well, you know, you're denying facts. Facts are one thing. What about the truth? You want to spit facts? I'm going to spit the truth. Your diagnosis says this and that about my body. Guess what? The word says this, and I believe the truth over a fact. Sometime I'll do a teaching a little bit deeper on our words because here's the thing. If you want a greater life and you want all the abundant life, you possess it with your words. You receive it. You claim it with your words. Speaking God's word over you every day over your life will not only boost your faith, it'll give you hope and it'll give you a different perspective. I was raised in a home where uh, I thought my parents were strict. And what I realized is they weren't strict. I, I thought we were like just crazy fundamental Christians. I thought we were in a cult. Because we went to church every time the doors were open. That doesn't make it a cult. It just means they're committed. I, 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 my parents never apologized to me for bringing them to church. Stop apologizing to your kids because we're going to church. This is who we are. This is what we do. And in, in, in the same way, like my parents, my parents had us read confessions. They had scriptures. They had these books with little scriptures in the back of them. And every morning on the way to school, we had to speak these scriptures out loud. Everybody say out loud. Out loud. Well, I like to read the Bible quietly. Your faith isn't released by reading with your eyes. Faith is, comes by hearing the word of God. Where am I going to hear it? You can hear yourself speaking. You can build yourself up. Speak the word over your kids every day. My kids now, as, a, as, as an eight-year-old and a four-year-old, we, we read scriptures over them. We have them recite scriptures over their life every day on the way to school because I want them to know who they are before they walk into that classroom. The last thing I say to Hunter before he gets out of the car, he gets out, he says, have a great day, Dad. I say, I love you. I say, I'm proud of you. And then he walks around, and I roll down the window, and I yell at him, remember who you are. He says, I know. I said, who are you? He said, I'm a Roberts. I said, yes, you are. And what else? He said, I'm a child of God. What am I doing? I'm reinforcing his identity because there's going to be some knucklehead girl later on who tries to pull him away from God's plan for his life. Ask me how I know. I dated a few of them. Don't laugh. There's going to be some knucklehead guy that's going to try to detour your daughter from, 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 from living out her purpose and her destiny. And he's going to try to convince her that her dad's nuts and that you're just uptight. Guess what? You're not uptight. You just know who she is. Hold on to that. Reinforce that identity in your children every day. And if you don't, let me say this, somebody else will tell them who they are. Nobody's going to tell my kid who they are. I said, nobody's going to tell my kids who they are. Number three, thank y'all for coming today. 
Number three, don't be moved by your emotions or feelings. A temporary moment does not define you. You ever had a bad day? Guess what? That bad day ended 24 hours later and a new day started. Do not let your emotions or your situation or your season, everybody say season, determine your destiny. It does not determine your destiny. Well, you know, in this chapter of my life, hey, it's just a chapter. It's not the end of the story. Don't allow your mind to tell you it's all over. You tell your mind what to think. The Bible says renew your mind with the word. What does that mean? It means wash out that stinking thinking and replace it with God's word. Don't be moved by emotions or feelings. Everybody has bad days. Everybody has pain. Everybody goes through trouble. Everybody has challenges. Nobody is escaping that. But when you know who you are, you won't be defined by that moment. I'm going to tell you this. I remember when I was broke. I ain't broke no more. I remember when I was sick. And the doctor said, we don't know what to tell you. You need to go home and quit college and go get some care and see a specialist. I'll tell you this today at 47. That was 30 years ago. I ain't sick no more. I remember what it was like to be depressed and not want to get out of bed for weeks on end. I can tell you this. I ain't depressed no more. I remember a season for a couple of years where I was so anxious, scared to get in the car because I was having anxiety attacks. My wife would leave and leave the house and my thought would say, my mind would tell me that's the last time you're going to see your wife. She's going to get in a car wreck and die. You're never going to see her. And I would go into panic and fear until she'd come home. And then I'd realize, you dummy, you're so stupid. You let your mind get away from you and ruin your whole day. Your emotions do not define you. And I'm going to tell you this very carefully. Take charge of your emotions because they'll take you farther than you want to go and they'll keep you longer than you want to stay. You are a disciple of Jesus Christ, committed to follow him. Your identity is in him, not how you feel today. Parents, we got to talk to our kids about this on a more regular basis because right now, society, social media, and stupid influencers are telling your kids, do what you want. If it makes you feel good, do it. If you want to do this or you want to be that, just follow your emotions. You want to live a good life, right? Be happy, don't you? Listen, the Bible never promised us that we wouldn't have bad days. It just promised that we would push through those and we would overcome those days. Listen to me, parents. Your kids are in a slump for three or four days. Sit them down and have a talk. This is not who you are. I'm sorry that happened to you. I'm sorry she hurt your feelings. I'm sorry he was a jerk. I'm sorry you got fired. I'm sorry you made that mistake. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But this doesn't define you. It's important that we remind our emotions. I'm first a spirit. My spirit defines who I am. Proverbs 27 23, 7 says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So let me ask you this. What kind of thoughts are you having? How do you fight thoughts, by the way? How do you fight thoughts? I, I had somebody tell me, well, you know, you just, you got to get in a good, you got to get in a good aura. And, and you got to, you know, you got to bring in good vibes. Well, if you're thinking bad thoughts, Josh, you just, just need to get quiet and you need to, you need to rethink good thoughts. Think back to when it was a good time. Listen, I, I love you enough to tell you, listen, you don't fight thoughts with thoughts. You fight thoughts with words. 
You fight thoughts with words. You're not feeling good, you speak to your body. Hey, you're the healed of the Lord. First Peter 2.24 says, by Jesus Christ, you were healed. Not trying to get healed, already were healed. Your bank account ever talked to y'all? Your bank account. You know what I'm talking about? The stack of bills on your desk. You ever walk by it and it yells out, you broke. You're going to be late again this month. You better start driving Uber Eats at night. I don't allow those thoughts and I don't allow that stuff to speak to me. I speak back to that stuff. When we were in debt, I'll just tell you this, we were $68,000 in debt and it was plummeting. It was going crazy. I had no money and no job. And that pile of bills, that credit report, man, it would speak to me all the time. And I began, it would plant thoughts. And I began just to pick those pile up. I'm like, if you're going to talk, I'm going to talk. If you're going to talk, if you're going to talk, and I own this place, and if you're going to talk in this house and put these thoughts on, I'm going to speak the word. I would say things like, God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm fully resourced and funded to do everything he's called and equipped me to do. I got more than enough. I've been blessed already, but I'm blessed to be a blessing to others. You say, oh, it sounds like, you know, it's just whatever talk. Yeah, put a name on it. I don't care. Your words have power, and your words are what you use to fight your emotions. Number four, no matter where you try to find your identity, your true identity. Everybody say, you're true. Everybody searching for truth these days. Your true identity can only be found in Christ. Well, if I can can just meditate long enough, I'll ascend to this place in my mind. Let me tell you something. You can't do it on your own. I have friends that are Buddhist and they, they, they do a lot of rituals and a lot of things and guess what? They're still unhappy and they're constantly searching truth. Buddha's not gonna give you truth. He ain't got the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Let me tell you this, your true identity, if you're really searching for truth, put all that nonsense away, put it in the closet and take three months and just seek the truth. Jesus Christ, I'll pray this over you. He will reveal himself to you because you're a seeker. And he says, if you seek me, you will find me. So I love all, I love everybody. We, we love everybody. Listen to me. I know there's people here today. You've sought everything but the truth. And you're still going to come up empty. Don't waste your life searching for the thing that Buddha was looking for himself. Jesus Christ the way, the truth, and the life. Well, after I find Jesus, do I have to stop searching for truth? No, truth will be revealed. And in that moment, you'll realize he is a real man. He is God that was sent to earth and paid a price that you could never pay because he loves you. All these other religions, listen to me, they want you to do something to ascend and to achieve them loving you. Guess what? That's ridiculous. Jesus did everything for me that I could never do for myself. What's the difference between Christ? It's I didn't do anything. He did it all. Somebody need to hear that today. Put the Ouija board away. Put all the crystals away for a season. Give Jesus a try. Why try when he already did the work? You'll never attain what you're searching for in your own power. It's only received through grace. 
which means he did something that I could never do for myself. Genesis 1.27 says, so God, everybody say God. God created mankind in his own image. And in the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. You want to know your true identity? It only comes from the creator, not something he created. In my heart right now, it's like somebody here, you're just, you're so desperate to know who you are. But you're giving so much time and attention to man-made things and man-made religions. And I love you enough to tell you, you're going to come up short. takes a real person, a real true seeker to submit their life and say, I can't do it. I, I, I'm not good enough, I, but I'm, I'm going to give this Jesus a chance. And when you do that, I promise you this, he'll meet you where you are, not where you pretend to be. Some of us are living phony, fake lives, pretending to be this when internally you're broken. Pretending like it's all together and you've got the truth when you're so lost. My God, he will meet you where you are, but not where you pretend to be. Humble yourself. Invite him in your life. And watch the light come on. We sang about it. Watch the light come on. Those areas of your life where it's been so dark, watch the flood of light that comes in. What happens when light comes in? Vision comes. Perspective comes. Hope comes when you can see. He's the restorer of sight to the blind. We sang about it earlier. I once was lost. Why were you lost? You were wandering around in the dark. I ain't lost no more. I found the light. Your head's bowed and your eyes closed. My prayer for you today that, that you would give Jesus an opportunity to show himself real to you. He said this to you. He's not weird. He said, I've been around a bunch of weird Christians. Yeah, those are just weird Christians. He ain't weird. <laughs> We have people all the time that come to church and say, oh, the Holy Spirit, huh? he freaks me out. No, no, no. The people that are pretending to be filled and act weird with the Holy they're weird, not him. To me, Jesus is the most kind and gentle person you're ever going to meet. So gracious, so kind. Never going to push himself on you. But he will receive you if you open the door. The Bible says he's knocking at the door of your heart because he wants to truly help you find your identity. If you're here today and you need Jesus in your life, just raise your hand and wave it at me. I just want to pray for you. I won't embarrass you. I won't call you out. I just want to pray for you. Anybody at all brave enough to say, man, I need that Jesus in my life. Pray for me, Pastor. I need truth. I see you. Yes, yes. I see you over here. Pray for me. I see you in the back. Yep. I see you all the way over here. Some of you have been searching and you're, you're tired, you're worn out because you spent all this time, energy, and money with no hope, with no peace. I see you. I see you right over here, yeah. Just wave it at me. Just be bold. Take, take a step of faith today. So I need that Jesus. Yes, ma'am. I got you right there. Maybe you're online today watching. Just let them know in the chat box. Say, I want that Jesus. One of our people online, they'll pray with you. We have a whole team of people that would love to connect with you. Help you take your next step to find truth. Say, Pastor, I don't know who I am, but I want to. It's found in Christ. Would you just put your hand up and put it right back down? Just let me know who I'm praying for. 
heads bowed and eyes closed. Yesterday I was here, I came up. As I normally do on Saturdays, I come up for a few hours, I pray. and I walked around, I prayed in my office, and I walked around the auditorium and just checking everything out. And I walked back here, we're seeing all the baptism stuff. With your heads bowed, just listen to me for a second. And I felt so strong. Somebody in here, you're wrestling with your identity. I'm not talking about sexual identity. I don't know why our mind first goes to that. You really want to know who you are. Somebody, you're asking the Lord, like, why am I here? Why is this happening to me? I want you to know this. He loves you enough to reveal that to you today. Would you be bold enough to accept him? Last call, say, pray for me. I need Jesus. I got you. Yes, man. I see you. Yep. Whether you raised your hand or whether you didn't raise your hand, I don't really care. That doesn't mean anything. Would you just pray this prayer with me? Out of your heart, the Bible says if you confess Jesus as the Lord of your life, in that moment you're saved. Saved from what? From yourself, from the enemy, from the trials of this life. Promises you eternal life. Promises you hope. Where there was fear, there's now love. Just pray this out of your heart with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me enough to send Jesus to this earth as your son to die on a cross shed his blood cover for my sins my insecurities so that I could know who I am my true identity my true purpose Lord today in front of my friends in front of my family I declare you Lord of my life. I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thank you, God.